What's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here with the Business Choreography Podcast, and I'm excited that you're here today because we have a special guest. We have Brett Barlow today, and Brett is the CEO of Every, and a pay it's a payroll business and payments platform that's disrupting the two-week pay cycle. Can't wait to hear more about that. He's got over 25 years of experience leading SaaS businesses and consumer brands, and he's been named Marketing Executive of the Year by the American Business Awards and Sales and Marketer of the Year by Utah Business Magazine. I am so excited to introduce him to you, tell you his story, and get you familiar with what he's up to and how he's helping businesses all over the world. We're excited to have him. Let's cue the intro and we'll jump right in. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Brett, thank you so much for joining us today. It is thank a pleasure you. to have you. Yeah, that was quite the intro. I like well, it. thanks. thanks. We, yeah. we have fun. We, we have a great time with it, and, and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. So I'm super excited to get you in here and chat about all the things you're up to and what you're doing, and I know you're changing the world and changing the status quo. Can't wait to get to that, but I'd love to start with your backstory, what you've been up to to get to the point where you're CEO of every man it's got to have been a crazy journey i'd love to hear some more about that and and share with our audience how you got here sure well um the path to a current position is never a direct <laughs> straight one right. so mine has been somewhat circuitous in different ways working with different types of businesses but always through kind of go to market and product um when i was first well, when i was graduating from college i thought you know what I'm based in Salt Lake City, born and raised here. And I just thought, you know, I'm going to have a big time career. I'm going to LA, I'm going to New York, I'm, you know, somewhere. And I never left. I've been in Salt Lake, stayed, in, stayed here my entire career. And it's been one of the best decisions that I've made. But where I originally started was um, I thought I wanted to be in sports marketing. Jerry Maguire had come out, if anybody remembers that. Oh, yeah, for sure. A little bit. Um, and an advertising agency in Salt Lake City had the had won the uh, 2002 Olympic bid for the design of um, the Olympics. So managing all the marketing there, I thought, oh my goodness, that's just right in my backyard. Why don't I Why don't I apply? And I actually got the job with this agency, and they immediately put me on their Medicare account, selling Medicare to seniors. And I didn't touch the Olympics and I didn't have anything to do with it and take any credit for it. So that was, uh, um, but it actually was a really good thing. It was back in the day where, um, kind of the, the, the beginnings of moving from a madman type marketing to direct response, accountability, ROI, where some of those metrics were coming around, but it was really pre kind of pre-internet. I mean, the internet was around, but not near what it is today. So sure. we would send mailers to people. We would do television commercials with 1-800 numbers. It was kind of 
that type of direct response. Um, but what it did is a really, it taught me that there doesn't have to be, um, your either direct response or your kind of brand and fun. It, it helped me combine where marketing can be accountable and should be accountable. Right. And it gave me my first kind of introduction to, to KPIs at that time. Sure. Which, which prepped me for as the internet kind of took over the world. I had already kind of had that in my back pocket of that expectation of accountability. So through that time, I've worked through several startups here in Utah, some notable ones, um, a company called Omniture that was sold to Adobe, sure, which is their marketing cloud now. Um, I worked for a company called LogoWorks that we sold to Hewlett Packard. Right. And from there, um, I, I took a pivot and went into a really highly branded consumer goods company called Skull Candy. So the headphone brand, Skull Candy, and I ran marketing there for six or seven years and we took them public. So we, we managed them through, or I was part of the team that went through the IPO there. And that was a huge learning experience for me. Sure. Um, and then most recently I, I went from there to a company called Plural site, which in very brief terms is Netflix for developers. So it's a <laughs> play. Right. Um, so I went from consumer goods, headphones and jumped over to SaaS. um, and, and something, you know, so it's B2C to maybe B2B. But what I like to say is it's not really, people ask me if that was challenging and in, in some areas it was, but it's, it's not really B2C or B2B. It's, uh, B to H, you know, right. we're just we're marketing to humans, right? And humans have needs and value propositions and those things. And if you can find your ideal customer profile and create messages for them, um, and also have a product that matches product market, if it is very important, you can be successful. So I left there and I just, to tell you the truth, I was exhausted. I bet. I, I had, you know, 25 years in and I just felt like I needed a break. So I took some time off and a good friend of mine who was this um, ran finance at Skullcandy came to me with this idea that became every. And I was just really, really interested in it. Um, I can talk a little bit about that or we can talk later, but that's kind of my, my journey um, yeah. where I am, where it has been primarily go to market, but now I find myself in the CEO seat which uh, contrary to popular opinion is not as simple as some people <laughs> make it sound or make it look. So I, I joined as CEO on February 3rd of 2020. Wow. So call it four or six weeks before the whole world just went wacko. Right. Pandemic. And uh, man, that was a crash course in leadership. Oh my goodness. And I made some mistakes and some things I think we handled really well, but we, one thing is we went straight to um, primarily remote work and we've stayed that way. Wow. So that was a, a transition. There's good things that can't come from it. And, you know, there are also hard things that everybody in the world, you know, experienced during that time. But that was a, that was my introduction to sitting in the CEO chair was a global <laughs> pandemic. Wow. Talk about trial by fire. I mean, yeah. holy cow, you know, yeah. there's so many people that, that were in, and still had that trial by fire because they, they were in it already. But to to start off and then all of a sudden have that hit you, I mean, holy cow, what a what a crazy thing. But here you are, you're still doing it, you're still running yeah. it, you still made it through. That's amazing. Tell me a little bit about the 
concept you know you said your your buddy came to you about this concept for every and let's talk a little bit about that because obviously in that moment you know covid hadn't hit and the, the that whole change in the atmosphere hadn't uh hadn't happened yet so when you guys did that was it just like okay we have this idea and we're going to put it together from scratch or how did that happen yeah so I had joined the board of directors for the company um, a year previous to joining as CEO. Um, the company launched in April of 2018. Um, <clears throat> and the idea here is the, the payroll system in America is, is essentially broken, in our opinion. Um, the value exchange between employers and employees is antiquated and old. And our goal, um, our mission is to pay workers um, the wages that they've earned as soon as they've earned them. Now, there's a couple of things that, that, that play into that, and I'll throw some stats out at you if you don't mind. Yeah, I'd love it. But 68% of Americans currently live paycheck to paycheck. Wow. So if you're an employer, that's essentially seven out of 10 of your workers are in one way or another distracted or stressed by financial issues. Wow. What comes out of that are kind of side cottage, not, not even cottage industries, but um, products or, or things that have um, arisen, like, for example, payday loans or um, credit cards, right? And credit cards have been around, but I mean, they lean on credit cards or then, then there's bank overdraft fees. So people are making money off of the backs of these others that are kind of struggling on paycheck to paycheck. Right. 12 million Americans are on payday loans with an average APR of 390%. Wow. So we just felt like, like that's broken. And I remember there's times when I was younger in my marriage, my wife and I had two kids and we were making enough money to, to pay our bills, but it was a challenge getting through the two weeks. Sometimes our, our bills just didn't align with when we were being paid. And, and there was some kind of hard conversations that we had of, should we get another credit card? Heaven forbid, like, is there a payday loan option out there just for this one week, just for like three days, just because our dishwasher broke or something. And that's just a really lonely feeling as a parent, as a husband or, or wife to, to be kind of in that financial bind. So when Ron, his name is Ron Ross, my partner, um, came to me with this idea, it really resonated with me of like, yeah, we can fix this. We can do something about this. So what we did is we built a payroll platform that's full service. Think ADP, Paylocity, kind of those big boys. We're not as deep with them because we deep feature wise because we focus on small businesses. Um, but what set us apart was um, the the Federal Reserve had um, opened up same day ACH in that right. time frame. So if a worker's pay was approved by 10 a.m. in the morning, we paid them by 2 p.m. that afternoon. Wow. So that was same day pay. Um, we we're doing fine with that. And we started throughout that pandemic, as I'm sure you're aware, the gig economy really just kind of exploded. Right. So people are ordering things from home, delivery, you know, all of those kind of services where there was less contact. And so we were built actually really positioned well to um, jump on that train. Right. I don't want to say take advantage of it because we weren't trying to do that, but to, we were with that, that kind of that momentum where what we did was we started focusing on contingent workforces. Right. So think delivery or 
I mean, any number of platforms for Uber, DoorDash that are not our customers, but you get the idea of those types of businesses that might have 20 to 100 employees working in the office, but they have 10,000 contractors out in the workspace um, delivered doing different gig jobs. And the average gig worker has um, three or four of these jobs that they work together. Right. So there's been a kind of a change in the perspective of um, workers where they're valuing freedom, they value choice, and they're expecting to be paid when they've when they've earned it. I remember when I was younger, I would mow my grandfather's lawn. And at the end of the day, uh, when I was done, he would give me a can or a, a bottle of Coke and a $10 bill. <laughs> and like job well done, you know, good job. Why has that changed? Why, why are people not paid the wages that they've earned as soon as they've earned them? Well, some of it is because taxes and different regulations and insurance, but we've made all that really easy with, with us. And uh, we have um, a credit facility because we don't want to disrupt the cash flow or the pay cycles of these businesses. We have a credit facility to where we can pay the workers on our credit facility every single day and the company just pays us back on their regular payroll cycle. Right. So nothing changes operationally for them and we pay the workers fast. Wow. So as we focus on fast pay, we've now launched instant pay, which is built for these types of businesses. So as, as fast as two, three, four minutes after a job has been approved or finished to 30 minutes, but it's immediate. So it's instant pay as well as card programs where we can put money on a card so we can pay 365 days a year, including holidays, weekends, you know, all of that on the card and it's free to the user. Wow. So if they're doing it. So um, that gives us the flexibility so we can pay you instantly every day of the year and we can make it operationally easier for you. So it's mobile, it's, it's, you know, app based, it's, it's, Doing payroll now with us is as easy as ordering a Lyft drive or ordering um, dinner. So it's, we have in our company, we do a few. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. to no, I was just saying that's incredible. I mean, what a what a cool advancement with all the tech and everything going on these days. Yeah. That's a really cool advancement for businesses and for the workers, too. Yeah, it's, you know we keep hearing it's hard to recruit and retain employees, especially for a small business. Right. And what we found is that paying people um, what they've earned when they earn it actually improves retention of employees by 30%. Wow. So, you know, 80% of, um, of, of workers um, really are, um, they believe 83%. So I've got this right here. According to the Harris poll in 2021, us workers believe they should have access to their earnings at the end of each workday or shift. 83% of workers. Wow. And 90% of businesses are saying it's really difficult to recruit and retain employees. Yeah. So you put those things together. If this is a real benefit that you can provide to people, um, it, it not only makes the, the business's life, easier operationally and it's right. actually less expensive than traditional payroll but it's also making the workers life better yes and we're pretty proud of that that's incredible i i am i i'm i'm just blown away by the innovation 
that you guys came up with and and that you put together, especially even, I mean, you look at it even 2018 when they started coming up with this idea, it still was ahead of its time. I, oh, I mean, yeah. I say that we were, we're skating towards the, where the puck was going, not what's where it was at. That's right. And so it was really early innovation and people would just sometimes they'd roll their eyes like, obviously, you don't know what you're doing. Nobody can run payroll. That fast. <clears throat> right. Fast forward, you know, four years later with Zelle, Stripe, PayPal, the expectation of this generation of workers is paying with immediacy and why wouldn't wages be included in that? So right. we're, there's a trend, there's a general trend that's happening and we've found ourselves kind of um, benefiting from that for this. Well, time. sure. I mean, things like DoorDash and Uber are, are now making it possible for, uh, for payments to go out same day, instant. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, it's clearly the trend and you guys were ahead of it. And that's, that's incredible to have had that vision. What do you, what do you think was attributed to that vision of your company and, and being able to do that? Was it your leadership team? Was it just the vision of the initial founder that was like, okay, we got to do this or was it yeah. a combined effort? How did it happen? Well, kind of like, uh, I think a lot of things happen. It's happenstance. Um, right. <laughs> was our first is, is our founder and, and there's kind of a group of founders um, that are on our, our team that kind of did this together, but Ron, um, really smart guy, great partner, incredibly kind and generous, but he's also very operationally minded, very, um, well, that doesn't seem efficient or it's just kind of how he, his mind works. Right. His daughter had just left for college. She was working, she was making enough money to pay her bills, but similar to the example I gave of myself. There was a mismatch in timing of when her bills came due to when she's being paid. So she kept coming to run for short-term loans like right. that. Can you, you know, loan me some money? It's like, what's going on here? And so that just kind of, that was two years before the company was, I think, even incorporated where he just molded over. He thought about different ways of doing it. And finally, when same day ACH became available, he's like, okay, yeah, now we can do something about it. So um, I guess you could say his daughter's the founder. <laughs> I love that. Well, I mean, there's so many, uh, so many of the great entrepreneurs in our history, and and that we look to were basically uh, disruptors of an industry, and yeah. they they put together that problem, and and they looked at what was happening, and then they challenged the status quo. And it sounds as though that's what you guys did, and are continuing to do. Right. What do you think the next advancement in? I mean, obviously, this is huge. So I don't mean to, to, uh, you know, belittle the, the advancement in what you guys have done. Cause I think there are so many businesses and corporations out there that could really take advantage of this, but what do you think is the next innovation? I mean, uh, obviously you guys have gotten it down so that companies can, can do this without too much work on their end and the, and the employers can get their stuff without mm -hmm. any sort of delay. So, is that is that the limit do you think or is there another thing coming that you think because you guys are obviously you know seeing we're ahead always and, trying to think of different yeah, sure. ways so we can we can improve some some suggestions or, or conversations we've had are bitcoin or blockchain oriented oh yeah um we've decided not to invest in that it's not really federally regulated and it's a bit right. inconsistent um <clears throat> 
But uh, yeah, there's something there that, that could come along that, that might help with the speed and the way that people are paid and the value that they're paid. Um, I think we always need to be thinking technologically, how can our UX and, and our backend just really make life easier for people? So we're actually always innovating on that. So That's cool. I would like to be able to serve any type of, any type of worker, regardless of their industry, and pay them when they want and how they want. So right. any of those options. That's um, really cool. To be on the table. Yeah. Do you uh, let's let's shift a little bit and talk a little bit about uh, your CEO experience and and that end of it because I know a lot of our listeners um, can commiserate with the position and sure. understand a little bit about what it's like to be there and maybe some are approaching that position but I'd love to hear about some of your best hires and some of your worst hires as you've mm -hmm. gone through the process. Um. I don't think I've had any bad hires in this role, but over 25 years, I'm definitely not batting a thousand. <laughs> right. Um, so good hires. You know, I think um, people that that have empathy towards towards other workers and are just concerned with themselves. Um, really basics of just treat people how you want to be treated. Right. Um, people that are highly accountable. Just. If they say they do something, they'll do something. I always know that they're they're going to do it. Um, there's a, there's a a problem a, a problem solving element or node in certain people where good employees bring you the problem with a proposed solution rather than just saying hey, there's a problem. Right. Well, I like fixers. I like people that take initiative and are activators, and those have been great. Um, so bad hires are the opposite of those things that I just shared with you, <laughs> you know, yeah. they care about themselves. They, they, they maybe are, uh, lack, um, motivation or kind of that self-starter mentality. I, I like people, I guess, with, no matter how the, the big, the company you're in, that, that they have in their way, an entrepreneurial spirit, right? You know, they spend money as if it's their own money. They don't try to take advantage of the business and they, 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 they're scrappy. Even if you have a $20 million annual marketing budget, they're still scrappy. Yeah. And I love that characteristic in people. I think that's great. What do you feel is the challenge of running a business the size that you're running right now? What are some of the challenges that, that our listeners might be looking forward to or might be experiencing themselves that you're, you're going through and having to deal with? Well, one of the biggest things that I just, I feel a weight of is I have, we have 60 employees. And so I have 60 families that are essentially right. under my care. So I want to make sure that they are, they have an environment where they're, they feel safe. They feel respected. They feel comfortable being who their authentic selves, because I think you get, you know, get better employees that way. But I, I'm from my seat. I have to make sure we don't run out of money. Right. Um, I don't want to do layoffs and, you know, so those things can be stressful. Um, the transition from being a CMO to a CEO is, one of the main ones that I was responsible for a department and I would advocate for and, and mentor and, and help and guide lead my department. Now it's an entire company. So 
it doesn't matter if you're an engineer or if you're in the, on the finance team, or marketing or sales or product, it doesn't matter. I care about everybody the same. And I have to understand at least at some level what's going on in their businesses. So that's just a different outlook that I've had where maybe I've had more tunnel vision toward my department in the past. It has to be a little broader. Some of the benefits though, that we have, um, being able to, to meet and, and, and build relationships across departments. It just, I found a ton of value in that I learned from every person at every level in our business. Sure. I, I think being the CEO at times can be pretty lonely. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have to be, I've got great people around me. My, my executive team is top notch, um, really value and trust their opinions and, um, I think it's all founded on some element of trust where, you know, if, if you can show that you can be trusted as a leader, you do, you do what you say you're going to do and others are behaving in that way and you're open and honest and can have, I guess the word would be healthy conflict in, in trying to get to resolution of things. Being able to have tough conversations is much easier when you know something personal about the person you're meeting with, like it's, you're right. just two humans. You're not right. You're both trying to do the things that, you know, you're trying to be successful. You're trying to work through something and uh, maybe don't, maybe just assume positive intent in your conversations rather than making suppositions about things and choosing to be angry or hurt by something and just having direct communication. So, I love that. And it's kind of a, a great segue to my next question, which is about communication. You know, you've gone through and I'm sure there's there's, you know, there's typical growing pains for every company. But in the process of growing to uh, 60 people, mm-hmm. what what kind of growing pains has there been for communication and how have you guys overcome those in your uh, growth? Yeah, well, I count that as one of the benefits of COVID. Um, being, right. going from office to virtual work environment was a forcing function for improved communication. Right. Now, I don't think that in person, I still think that working in person in cert for certain environments is the, the best thing. Like, so we have my executive team meeting, we meet face to face every week in person. Um, I try to do my one-on-ones in person if possible. We do a monthly all hands meeting where different departments not only report, but just kind of share what they've been up to. And I give a kind of a business update. So we do that every month. And then we try to do some sort of larger thing twice a year where we're getting together, but we're mostly home. Um, You know, what I have found is working virtually. So we live in Utah. And if I'm being completely honest, Utah isn't known for being the most diverse right in the country sure um and uh there's certainly a dominant kind of you know it's primarily white people and there's a lot of men in business and um that's improving a lot but working virtually has allowed me to hire people from michigan florida colorado texas oregon men and women where being a small company, we're actually pretty diverse, right? You know, and it has allowed us to get talent right from anywhere in the country where we're not requiring them to be in an office. And so that's been a real 
a real benefit to us. Um, just getting new ideas and perspectives. And I love the people in our company. I think that's that's great. they're really passionate and they're, they're fun to be around. You mentioned a number of meetings that, uh, that all sounded great. And I hope our listeners are taking notes on that. If you didn't pause and rewind and, and, and listen to that, because there's a lot of great things that, that uh, Brett said, but I'd like to talk a little bit about the challenge of keeping meetings on task and, and having that, that meeting scope creep happen. Uh, how have you guys managed your meetings so that you can keep everybody on task and keep them, uh, you know, efficient essentially that has been an evolving process and i will admit that i haven't always done a great job with it we have a rolling agenda that um i think it's something like 300 pages now of we, we always keep the notes from the from the meeting right and then we roll them into the next meeting so there's follow-up so we all come up with the agenda together, but it's primarily based around what are the key performance indicators or performance metrics of the business? What's working well? How can we amplify that? What's broken? What can we do to fix it? Um, and then topics, strategic topics for uh, for conversation where I try to have my executive team meetings be decision-making meetings. So the collaboration of different groups, say it's a pricing change or something else, some process change comes into the meeting with a recommendation and then we um, make decisions in that meeting. So it's not endless circular debates. And sometimes I've done a good job with that and there's other times that I haven't. So it's something definitely that I think is a work in progress. One of the things that helps has helped us is we've implemented this. Um, it's a Bain concept called rapid um, and it is a decision-making kind of process. So there's a recommender, approver, um, um, you inform someone, someone is the, what they call the D, which is who decides. And so for these big decisions that come up, it's like, okay, well, who's recommending it? And you're coming prepared with a recommendation, who has to agree with it? And who is the final decision maker? That that's, that's helped us create some clarity right with our decision making so um those are some of the things that we do i love it well i appreciate you taking the time to to talk with us about some of the internals of the business i mean oftentimes we we get caught up in in the outside of stuff and what's front facing it seems as though the services and and what you guys have innovated are really great for anybody running a company and that has employees and and that's really what i see is as being one of the beauties of what you're doing. It's just such a great and beautiful solution for, for so many people. And so for our listeners, how, what's the best way that they can uh, start to engage with your company and, and start to find out if what you're offering is a great fit for them? Yeah. So the name of the company is Every, um, E-B-E-R-E-E. -E um that is comes from accounting where ev represents in accounting terms the employer and er or the employee and then er is the employer um or ee is the employee excuse me i'm messing up my own <laughs> uh, but there's meaning behind it it's the exchange of value between um employees and employers so every.com is our website Brett Barlow. I'm also on LinkedIn. If anybody would like to reach out to me directly, I'd be happy to have a conversation. And uh, yeah, 
that's, that's us. Great. That's great. I I hope that all of you listening are uh, excited about it and go and and check it out. This is such a cool and and innovative solution, and I, I really can resonate with the retention side of it a lot because mm-hmm. in today's atmosphere in the business landscape, there are so many challenges in keeping employees and getting them in and you know getting them the right pay. But the retention side of it, that I mean, just what you guys are offering is so cool and so innovative that uh, I just can't see how many businesses couldn't take advantage of it. So, guys out there listening, everybody, reach out, get in touch, check yeah. out every.com. We'll put the link in the description. We'll make sure that uh, it's easy for you to get to uh, every and uh, – I hope that you guys go take advantage of some of the cool stuff that uh, they've put together for you. Brett, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciated you, uh, the invitation to join and um, wish you all the best. Thank you so much. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography.